Welcome to another episode of Based News Network. I am Kayo, aka Punk Revolution, now here with Sophie, aka Joan of Arca. Say hi, Sophie. Hello, it's me. I'm Puppy. Ruff, ruff. Okay, now show me the real. Show me now. Show me the real Sophie. Hi, hey, it's me, Sophie. What's up? Sophie got it. Sophie must have gotten a new puppy. That that's one way to put it. That's one way to put it. You're, you have an altar named Puppy. Oh, I should probably joke about the altars, but um. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. No, it's okay. Okay. Well, let's just get into the news and pretend none of that happened. So, um, let's start with talking about my favorite thing to talk about, which is Donald Trump getting owned again and again and again. So Donald, so I know we talked about this last time, but I wanted to bring it up and talk about it more this time because, uh, so the previous episode, we talked about how Trump was indicted, um, for having highly classified documents in Mar-a-Lago and, um, that was, you know, all epic, but you know, this past week now he's been formally, you know, went to court, arraigned, pled not not guilty, et cetera, et cetera. And I've had more time to really dig into this whole case because there's so many things going on right now with Trump's like legal situation. Like there was that Alvin Bragg, New York indictment. There's stuff with him trying to steal the election. There was January 6th. There is this whole FBI raiding his house for secret document stuff. So I dug more into it and it was pretty clear just from you know, our, uh, the initial kind of news last week that Donald Trump was really screwed and what he did was pretty serious. But I dug, you know, now now that I've had more time to really dig into it, I'm actually just blown away by how insane this whole case is because it's it's got so many layers of spiciness to it. And I want to kind of talk about why what he did was so outrageous and so dangerous and also, you know, because I feel like some people might see this and then, okay, okay, well, you know, there's there's classified documents he mishandled. Like, that's like a, te- some people might think that's like a technicality, you know what I mean? Like, okay, that's, you know, people mishandled documents, whatever, yeah. it could be a mistake or whatever. But it actually is a lot worse than that. Just, just to kind of bring it back a bit, like, what you need to understand about this whole case, this whole, this whole circumstance was, it was actually initially and i didn't really understand this until i really read read it from like the whole thing it initially wasn't a criminal case it was initially the united states government concerned that top top secret documents and this is not just like classified this is like top top secrets that the united states government has with other governments around the world and allies so like this is this is information that could compromise the governments of other countries too. The United States government initially was concerned that they didn't have these documents on hand. And they initially asked Trump to return the documents because they knew he had it. And this is not, this was not a criminal situation. This was like, you know, this was literally just like, like I said, just like wanting to have like the secrets just, you know, they just wanted to make sure that this, this top secret information was not compromised. And then Trump refused and said, no, I'm not giving you these documents. And then when Trump refused, that's when it became a criminal case. So it's not like Trump accidentally, whoops, I, I misplaced secret documents. Oh, man, now you're really using this to put me in jail. It was 
Basically, Trump was trying to like basically steal this classified documents. Like the government so was. He, so that means he in court he can't like feign ignorance. Is that kind of what we're getting at? Yes, he absolutely cannot feign in, uh, ignorance. You know, we know from the you know there was the other argument he was using that like he he has the power as the president just to declassify stuff by just thinking about it. He doesn't have to explicitly say he could just like declassify on a whim. But because you know because the indictment has. You know, there's these recordings, which I hope we're going to hear soon, of him talking to a, a writer, a journalist, and he literally says, I have these classified documents. I didn't de-. He literally says, I didn't declassify them. These are secrets. So there's so many layers to it. And it's interesting because Trump's own lawyers last year, before the FBI, like, raided his house, the, his, Trump's own lawyers were advising Trump to return the documents. So Trump was not only disobeying, like, the FBI and the intelligence agencies of the United States. He was going against his own lawyers to make to 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 maintain these documents. And some people suspect that maybe he wanted to be indicted because he probably could have avoided this whole thing, you know, if he just would have like followed the rules. So that's, you know, I think I don't, I don't get the to me it doesn't seem like he wants to be indicted necessarily, but I I get the vibe that he's a narcissist who thinks He's above the law and who thinks that he can get away with this stuff because yeah. he's special. That's what I get out of it. You know, like other like murderers and not saying what he did is murder, but um, you know what I mean? Like they, they there's the sense of like uh, grandiose. Like he just doesn't like being told what to do, you know? Like yeah, the government but says, he also thinks he he thinks he can get away with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he, I mean, that's kind of in his whole life. You know, he he's. He's basically been conditioned to think he can get away with anything he wants. But, you know, if there's anyone who's still skeptical about, like, is this really something that Trump should be, you know, going to jail for? I just want to encourage you to imagine if you had stacks and stacks of boxes of highly classified information in your house, how quickly do you think you would end up in jail? You know, like, it's not people, you know, like the, Trump has been the, the, the justice, the, the legal system has been extremely lenient on Trump. If anything, not not the other way around. This is not like the legal system seeking out, trying to find excuses to put Trump in jail. This is it's, it seems like the legal system was already being super lenient by asking for him to return the documents. And then only once he said no, which you know could actually compromise people's lives, not in the United States, but also in other countries, too. If there's like a secret spy program where there's like the UK and the United States have spies in Iran and Russia or something, and these documents are compromised, and then all of a sudden, you know, that person ends up killed or in jail or something. You know, there's a reason, there's like a, there's real reasons to want these documents not to be floating around Mar-a-Lago, a club where I'm sure many spies around the world know is a place that... They, they're going to want to go hang out. There's already been incidents where there's been spies that we know of that's gone to Mar-a-Lago, et cetera, et cetera. So it really seems to me like the Justice Department had no choice but to to like move forward with this whole case. Wow. Yeah, it's it's shocking. And, the, and I, I just want to talk about one more thing, too, because like I said, I've been doing some digging. And what, this is one thing that's just absolutely shocking to me, too. And really scary, really scary, though. I want to just, you know, just, just so everyone understands, like, the, the, the circumstances here, is that the judge overseeing this case, assigned at random, by the way, just unbelievable, is this judge Eileen Cannon, 
who is a Trump-appointed judge, who uh, last year, while when the FBI took these documents from Trump's from Trump from Mar-a-Lago, Trump sued the Department of Justice, or he sued the United States government. Basically, Trump wanted to get these documents back, saying it was his property, basically, and that the United States government didn't have, you know permission to take take it which is just like such an, a shockingly stupid thing you can't it's like you know it's like unbelievably like the most insane lawsuit ever last year the judge eileen cannon this a trump appointed judge was so lenient to, tr- to trump and kept allowing one thing after another to allow these documents to stop being investigated by by the department of justice that the the 11th circuit which is the the justice system the 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 legal system eileen cannon falls under had to intervene and tell eileen cannon that she was wrong with everything she was doing and everything she was doing was just shocking and eileen cannon was literally saying she was doing all these things in trump's favor because she was worried about trump's reputation that's that that eileen cannon oversaw that lawsuit last year and then in january of 2023 by complete like they had, they, they 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 do this thing. They like call like spinning a wheel, like a complete random, randomly. Like this judge Eileen Cannon was randomly appointed to oversee now this legal criminal case, and you know she has the ability if she wants, she could just at a whim say, you know what, I'm just completely dismissing this case. Trump is innocent. That's it. You know, just completely dismiss the yeah. whole thing. So was it really random though? I think it was random because this. U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, the or the 11th Circuit system, which she falls under, it was like randomly picked within this 11th Circuit based off like jurisdiction and where they where Trump lives and everything. I think it was picked at random because I think if it wasn't picked at random, I think this 11th Circuit would not have picked her, because this 11th Circuit, mm. I mean, just I mean, it's so unbelievable because this 11th Circuit is like in like you know Miami and or I'm sorry like. Is literally in Alabama and like you know all these like conservative yeah and like Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. So very conservative judges in this circuit. Even they were like, "Whoa, hold up, Eileen Cannon, you're being way too pro-Trump right now. Like it's it's sketchy and and you know." So I I think if the Eleventh Circuit wants to maintain any reputation of like legitimacy, they wouldn't have picked her. So I think it, I really do think it was completely random, but it's just terrifying. Wow, it's so- like. It's a Trump appointment. You're upset about this? Absolutely. You were so excited. You're so excited. I mean, there's always something. There's always nothing can ever work out smoothly. Of course, a Trump appointed judge is overseeing this incredibly important case. It just seems not like. How is that allowed? How is it allowed? I don't know. And there's like a small, slim chance there's some ways that like she could possibly be taken off the case. But it looks like. You know, it looks like it's kind of just, you know, full speed ahead. Eileen Cannon is going to be the judge overseeing this case. Because this case is so obviously, like, clo- like you know, case closed, sealed shut, so obvious that Trump is literally on, you know, recording saying he's committing the crime. And these are such severe crimes. It should be just like boom, 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 done. But now we have this Trump, like, I don't know if you remember the, seeing the headlines about, like, you know, a judge assigning, uh, what was it? The, the special was like the, the special, was it this, let me find it. The special master, 
the special master to oversee to see if the documents were like you know this is getting really really weedy really into the weeds and I, I you know I'm trying my best to simplify it it's very hard to simplify but all you need to know is that this judge seems to be more pro Trump than Trump's own legal team trying to defend him and is giving Trump more leeway and is literally explicitly saying I'm like literally said like her reasoning for all these like appeals and stuff last year was I'm worried about Trump's reputation because he was the former president like I'm gonna go ahead and just give Trump what he wants like all this stuff like it was like headlines in all like you know lost 360 and all these like weird obscure legal websites that I can't read because I'm not a lawyer so so yeah I don't know that just doesn't seem like a coincidence but you're probably right i just i don't know it seems too i i know it just seems too crazy to be real like i am i'm like terrified i just it's like it's like where my it's like a banana republic level of corruption you know um and we'll we'll see you know we'll wait and see but like it's actually giving me a lot of anxiety right now because like this is i didn't know that i'm sorry well, not like not like a lot of anxiety, but you know what I mean? I'm not like losing sleep over it, but I'm just saying like what happened this past week, Sophie, is I've spent the past week digging into this, trying to understand what's going on more, and I'm simultaneously becoming more appalled by the crimes and like the da- the like understanding the danger of the crimes and the severity of the crimes while also understanding like this whole judge situation. So, and like seeing there's actually like an increased chance because of this judge that he could either walk free or maybe the judge could really delay the case. So it takes a long, long time. So maybe he won't be found guilty until he is president already. And then by that time he could either pardon himself or because he'll literally be in control of the department of justice. He could literally just call the case off. You know, he'll be in charge of the, department that is pursuing you know that is prosecuting him he could just say i'm not like there's there are some really slimy gross disgusting scary ways that he could just completely get away with it and i think that's i think that's his plan you know i think that's his plan he's already i saw he was already on you know truth social saying that he uh you know the the documents were planted you know that's a completely new one he he has you know this has been going on for like a year and then all of a sudden out of you know that comes out of nowhere. He's saying, he's the, you know, it's just, it's just, he's just throwing just all this shit, all this bullshit at the headlines. You know, Fox News is just, you know, copying and pasting it, not, you know, putting it on the, you know, putting the headlines up. Every, no one knows what's true and what's not true. But when you kind of peek under the hood, it's actually like, you know, Trump, Trump sucks. Trump really sucks. That's all there is to it. But are we, like, surprised, though? Like, I feel like I'm not surprised that, of course, like, this is going to be corrupted. You know what I mean? There's no way Trump... I don't know. To me, anyway, it just, like, feels obvious that Trump's going to get away with it. It's just hard for me to believe that he'll ever be punished for anything because he's Trump. You know? Yeah. Yep. Well, um, I I guess... I guess that's um, understandable that you would feel that way. Um. But, you know, I do want to actually, I think this might be a good segue, actually, to talk about Daniel Ellsberg, who um, who who just passed away this week. And Daniel Ellsberg might not be a name that everyone is super familiar with, 
but he's actually an incredible, incredibly important person for uh, American like tw- late twenty first century history. And you know, if you if you want an example of, I don't really know how to pu- how to put this because there there's also a lot of depressing stuff weaved into this this kind of story. But if you want an example of like you know the United States legal system kind of mostly working, you know, you would want to take a look at. Um, well, I was gonna say Nixon being um, resigning, but then I realized that um, Nixon was pardoned. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay, Sophie, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe everything is just too corrupt, and Trump's gonna get away with it. But uh, yeah, I just. <laughs> I can't get my hopes up anymore. I'm like severely like I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, disillusioned. All right. Okay, we're going to we're going to pivot we I agree. Okay, we're going to pivot to Daniel Ellsberg, but I just remembered one thing I really wanted to say was after Trump went to court and pled not guilty, he went to this restaurant, a Cuban restaurant in Miami. Literally the same day he went to this restaurant. And was basically doing like a campaign trail thing and said, food, free food oh, for everybody. Yeah. Free food for everybody. And then he left without paying. So literally, he's just Epic. like, in the same day he, he went to court for being a crook, he just continued being a crook. So he, I just he's just a narcissist. That's all. That's what he is. He is a narcissist. He is a narcissist. It's really sad. Sophie and I have talked about this a lot. Like once you meet a narcissist and you see how abusive they are and you see how despite all their abuse, they keep getting their asses kissed by a lot of people. You know, you're just never going to be the same person. It's going to make you a very jaded person who's going to. Yep, yeah. And that's just how I feel about it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, let's talk about um, Daniel Ellsberg. So, so you know, Nixon, Daniel Ellsberg. So, yeah, this is kind of crazy because Daniel Ellsberg is actually directly linked to the whole Nixon thing. And Nixon was, um, I don't really remember. He was found guilty, but I think he resigned first, but then he was pardoned. I don't know. This just, you know, this legal stuff is fucking boring and it gets complicated and it's hard to articulate. But, you know. Daniel Ellsberg is cool. Daniel Ellsberg is really cool. So Daniel Ellsberg, he was kind of like the Chelsea Manning of the 70s or 60s or I guess 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So he was, uh, so actually, but a lot of people don't know this, but before, so, so what he's really, really known for is releasing the Pentagon Papers. And the Pentagon Papers were this like big study that the Pentagon of the United States did um, during the Vietnam War. Um, basically showing that the whole Vietnam War was an absolute disaster. You know, we now all know that the Vietnam War was a horrible disaster, completely, basically pointless war. Lots of people died uh, for no reason, no real political objectives achieved by the United States from it, but lots of innocent people, both Americans and Vietnamese, killed. Um, So during the Vietnam War, the actual war in Vietnam was a total clusterfuck, a horrible, horrible, you know, tragedy. But, you know, the in the news, in, in politics, you know, the Pentagon and the government kept telling the United States, you know, citizens that the war was actually going really well and just hang in there. We're almost there, folks. We're just going to be in there for a little bit longer and then we're going to win the war and all is going to be great. That's what, like, you know, the, the, the government was telling the people. The Pentagon Papers... 
were documents that the Pentagon put together, basically just, you know, an internal document for the Pentagon, just for them internally acknowledging that the war was a severe clusterfuck. So Daniel Ellsberg worked as a, you know, security guy, expert, some sort of, he was a military analyst, and he, he basically leaked these documents. And this was a game changer for getting the public opinion to shift on the war and getting people to understand, like, oh, my God, our government is lying to us. A huge pivotal moment where people started to really kind of become skeptical of United States institutions, you know, bringing us to 2023 now with uh, Sophie, who's, who, you know, she's literally saying right now she doesn't believe that Trump's ever going to face any, um, you know, charges for some very blatant, obvious crimes. Um, yeah. that, that literally is a legacy of Daniel Ellsberg leaking the Pentagon Papers. Like, the Pentagon Papers were, like, the beginning of, like, this, you know, postmodern, skeptical of the institution's shift in American, like, philosophy. Probably the birth of, like, a lot of conspiracy theories, I bet. Absolutely. A real like conspiracy the, theory. Like, the concept of, well, right, the, the idea that that they can be true and I don't know. You know what I mean? Just like increased distrust. Absolutely. You know, it's really it's really hard now, you know, when I'm talking to anybody about anything going on, whether, you know, maybe like, for example, Ukraine. You know, I've been reading really closely following what's going on in Ukraine. But you take any, you know, person who hasn't and is just following the headlines, you know, maybe they're going to be a little bit skeptical about what's, you know, maybe Russia has a point. Maybe Ukraine's lying. Maybe the United States government's lying. Because the United States government has this history of during the Vietnam War and the Iraq War, obviously, with Chelsea Manning, which we're going to talk about in a bit, too. Like, that is, that's like, you know, something the United States government has done in the past. And now we live in this whole post-truth era where, you know, you can have, you know, tens of millions of people who are, you know, buying every one of Trump's words. So it's, it's all, it's all, it's all a nice little connected sort of thing going on. But Daniel Ellsberg was great because... You know, this is actually really cool. I personally find this really cool. Before he was, you know, a military analyst, he was already very accom- a very accomplished guy. He actually got a PhD, um, I think from Harvard in economics. And he, like, came up with, like, some, like, theories and, like, some, like, ideas and concepts regarding, like, decision-making and, like, ambiguity and stuff like that that was, like, super, super influential in the field of economics. So, like... If he hypothetically never released the Pentagon Papers, he probably still would have been a pretty important and influential guy, just like in the field of economics. But he actually now Damn. is, yeah, I know, right? And now he's double famous. He's he um he did the, you know he he's influ- very influential in the field of economics. He he changed the trajectory of like American politics, American like philosophy on institutions, blah 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 on the Vietnam War, and, you know, actually, him releasing the Pentagon Papers was a big thing that fueled Nixon's paranoia that there was, like, you know, the deep state coming after him, and that's what kind of led Nixon to, you know, kind of uh, instigate Watergate and led to... So, you know, Daniel Ellsberg even, you know, was, like, kind of, like, the one of the big dominoes in the in the the impeachment of Nixon as well. So very interesting and very, very, you know, intelligent guy passed away after, you know, a monumental life. Um, 
And, you know, it was crazy seeing his name in the headlines because he passed away um, on on Saturday. Sophie? Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. No, Sophie. He passed away on Friday. He passed away on Friday. June 16th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot what day the thing was on. Yeah, Sorry. no, yeah. You could I made the connection. I made the connection though. Um okay. All right. Yeah, so I guess I can Yeah, can take I it away. Into this? Yeah, I've did a lot of mansplaining of Daniel Ellsberg, so you can go ahead and Well, we're going to talk, well, Chelsea Manning. We literally saw Chelsea Manning on Friday because we were invited to Dorian Electra's like Sodom and Gomorrah release party thingy. Um, you can check out our episode with Dorian. I'm pretty sure it was two episodes ago that we did it with Dorian. And um, yeah, so we were invented, invented, sorry, invited to their party in um, Manhattan in this church. And apparently this church has like a history, like relating to Stonewall gay rights movement, which I didn't know i just thought okay cool church sodom and gomorrah some fun sacrilegious um partying (laughs) about to go down so um i don't know it was really cool because i've never really been invited to things like this before so it was really fun and i brought kyle along obviously you brought me no we went. I no. said, Kyle, we, we we were both invited. Okay. All right. All right. No. No. So, so no. Sophie brought me along. I didn't mean to say it like that. Sorry. Kyle. It's okay. I know. I'm just trolling you. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because Sophie, you know, Sophie and I went really fun. Cool to see Dorian and hang out and blah blah blah. We're not trying to brag, but yes, we're taking a few minutes out of our episode to brag that we went and party with Dorian Electra. But we actually no, it's actually for real though. We had no clue, but Chelsea Manning, who who um, leaked a lot of documents during the Iraq War, very very, it's just a direct parallel to the Pentagon Papers, you know, videos and you know documents showing basically American soldiers killing civilians more or less for fun. You know, Chelsea Manning leaked that classified information, very important for shifting the the discourse on the Iraq war away from, you know, yay, George Bush to wow, George Bush is awful, which is the correct take. Um, and yeah, so and Chelsea Manning was freaking DJing at this party we were at on Friday, the day that Daniel Ellsberg passed away. We were seeing basically the, the parallel because Daniel Ellsberg was both a superstar in economics and a superstar in you know, revealing secrets for the the greater good of American politics. And Chelsea Manning is a superstar at freaking DJing and also very entertaining just on Twitter and, and everything. Do you think do you think if uh he were a, he were young at a different time, do you think he would have become a DJ after after the aftermath of uh the Pentagon papers? I think Daniel Ellsberg would have been at Dorian Electra's party because Dorian Electra likes economics. Daniel Ellsberg's an economist. That's a, that's you know what I mean. True. There's just so many connections. That, that's here. very true. Yeah, there's there's a lot of connections. I'm just maybe maybe we're conspiracy theorists now. Maybe it's all connected. But 
It's all connected. Yeah, so and Sophie and I, we were chilling out, dancing, blah, blah, blah. We didn't know Chelsea Manning was going to be at this party thing. We turn around, and I see Chelsea Manning two inches away from me. And I recognized her face immediately. She, you know, she's... I, ne- I recognize her amazing. She's wearing these cat ears. And as a DJ, she always wears those cat ears. Yes. They're like light up cat ears. Light up cat ears. She was epic AF. I, I do want to say, I don't know how else to put this, Soph. I don't want people listening to get FOMO. You know, because I feel mm-hmm. like this sounds like a very crazy party we went to. You know, Dorian Electra, hanging out with Dorian Electra and Chelsea Manning, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it was very fun and very cool, but um, I don't know. I guess I just get worried about, like, I remember when I was younger, you know, there would be these parties Mm. and stuff like that, and I'd be, like, kicking myself for not being cool enough to get invited, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? There were tickets. We just got... There were tickets. The only reason... We got in because we, we, like, have a, like, sort of, like, internet friendship with Dorian, and they were also on, like, our podcast, so... Yeah, yeah. We got an we got an invite, but you know, like a lot of these things are. It wasn't as super exclusive or anything. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it was me, Sophie, Dorian, and Chelsea like sitting in a circle talking about like Illuminati stuff. Um, that's that was uh that was the after party. No, I'm just kidding. Which we did not go. Yeah, we didn't go to the after party. But anyways, long story short, Dorian Electra. We saw we saw them do some epic dancing. Actually, it's true. Actually, I danced with Dorian Electra. Oh, that's right, you did. You did. You got. I think I started doing it, and then I then one of you guys started doing it. It was like the L dance, like it from Fortnite. The Fortnite, you know, you put your your L on your forehead and you do the kicking and dancing. Yeah, Dorian is. I think Dorian did that in one of their music videos. So they're they're well versed in the in the dance. So they had a little moment together. It was really nice. Yes, and we played. Um, Sophie and I played beer pong. Um, oh yeah, this is this is a bit exciting for Kayo. Okay, I'll tell the story. All right, fine. So Sophie and I were playing beer pong, not with real beer. It was just water in the cups. And it was on this big table that was like on like a Michelangelo painting sort of thing on this like, you know, beer pong table, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of a funny thing. And Sophie and I both were not getting any of the balls in the cups after a decent amount of back and forth. And then out of nowhere, Dorian Electric comes up with their phone, their personal cell phone, and starts filming us. And starts filming me because it's my turn to throw the ball. And I throw the ball and I get my ball in a cup. The first ball, the first ball, the first cup I get a ball into. The first ball at Stonewall. The first ball at Stonewall was thrown by me and Dorian was filming me. And it was very, it it felt very cool to, well, first off, it's always fun to get a ball into a cup during beer pong. But it was very cool. Amen, sister. Amen, sister. But it was especially cool to get a ball in a cup. Well, Dorian was filming me and it made me feel like a Chad. He was very chatted in that moment, I won't lie. And he did win beer pong. Surprise, surprise. But to my credit, it was my first time playing. I'm not that kind of girl. But it was my first time playing. And I actually got two in total. So there's that. I think Sophie did time. Sophie did a great job for her first time playing beer pong. Thank you. That's very nice. That's. I mean, 
you're you're the king of beer pong guys so yeah let's just say i'm the king of beer pong and sophie she had me sweating there for a second <laughs> no, I don't. no. <laughs> but thank you that's very nice yes um oh there was oh yeah so i wore i wore a troll face shirt there which is very fun um but also there was someone else wearing a troll face shirt there so we took a picture together which was fun it felt special epic yeah yeah and it was then, it was cool yeah and then what was i feel like there's something else yeah, I remember. So, so Dorian Electra has these, like, as like a rollout kind of for the, the music they're releasing right now. They have like these shirts and tank tops that say like "I heart sodomy" on it. <laughs> and after a few drinks, I I caved and I bought a tank top that says "I heart sodomy" on it. Yep, and he put it on over. He put it on over his troll face shirt. Just the icing on the cake, you know? So he looked yeah. truly crazy and awesome with the Soylent hat. He was really, he was all, he went all out, so. I, you know, Sophie, I have a lot of, like, various costume stuff. You do. Hats and shirts and masks and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like the I Heart Sodomy tank top, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to use it ever again. Like, I just don't. I was, th- I was thinking about that, because, like, that's just I, I was thinking about that in general. It's like, I don't. When is he gonna wear that? Like, I don't know. Well, Sophie, I didn't tell you this, but when we were walking um, back to the train after the party, I still had it on, and I completely forgot oh, about it. Oh no! And I went. I walked into this one pizza place to see if they had any vegan pizza. They didn't. But oh, when I walked God. in, some guy like pointed and laughed and was like, "Ah, I like your shirt." And I was like, "Okay, you fucking ruined it." And then I took the tank top off. Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that happened. It's okay. It's okay. Just you know, just let me let me wear my I heart shot sodomy shirt in peace. Literally, just don't don't acknowledge it, okay? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like if there's any place where it's okay to wear an I heart sodomy shirt or tank top, it's Brooklyn. And if it's there's in a church, well, yeah. Just kidding. So it was a it was a fun thing. I never gone to anything like it before but it was really fun and yeah swag um okay anything else about the dorian slay electra party dorian did play a new song um but but so at that point in the night sophie and i were very drunk and tired so we literally cannot honestly i don't remember that we don't remember it (laughs) We're just, I'm just trying to think of all the things to brag about. Chelsea Manning, check. We heard a new song, check. We played beer pong and Dorian was there and took a video, check. Uh, it was just, it was fun, okay? It was fun, but don't have FOMO because I know everyone has FOMO. You know how it is on the internet. Everyone posts pictures of fun parties and they, you know, like, I don't want anyone to feel. Someday Sophie and I will throw our own party and you could come to it and it will be, yes. it'll be open to the public and it'll be we'll have um, be epic. we'll have a, we'll do some we'll do some dancing or something i don't know some ping Ooh. pong all right so shall we get into our new epic movie review i am down to do the movie review thingy so um yeah sophie and i watched 
Across the Spider-Verse, the spider the new the animated Spider-Man movie. We sure did. And I do have to say, I haven't seen the first one. I'm like one of the only people in the world who hasn't seen it yet. And now I really want to watch it because overall, I really, really liked like this film and I was surprised a little bit because everyone says oh they're they're like the first one's amazing it's so good you have to see it and I'm just sort of turned off by anything superhero related in general so I was like oh, okay like I I this is probably really cool for people who are into Spider-Man or into superheroes but I don't think I'll enjoy it that much but um I thought this was really good and in so many ways the animation was really cool i've never seen anything like it the music was really fun and um it was funny i thought yeah i know i always am trying to tell people like well okay so i'm not a huge marvel i'm not a huge marvel fan either i am admittedly a big spider-man fan uh just because i i grew up watching you know the spider-man the the uh you know the the early 2000s spider-man trilogy i loved but anyways the point is is like it feels almost like it's a spider-man movie made by people who don't normally like care about like superhero movies and are just like art students who are more interested in like i don't know obscure music and like being hipsters than they like it feels like it was made by hipsters who don't like marvel but yeah i don't know whatever yeah, it's it's yeah, I would totally agree. Um I really enjoyed it and I like I'm a hater. So You're I'm a, a hater? hater of, I'm a hater of superhero Have movies. You, all right. Have you seen any of the Spider-Man movies? I can't remember if I... I don't think I have. Spider-Man... The Spider-Man movies are like the only good superhero movies besides Batman. Okay. I'm I'm sure they're really good. I, I, I do like... I do like the the Dark Knight and like I like... I like those films that... Um, they're Nolan, right? No. Yes. Yeah? The second one is at Nolan. least. Okay. Yeah. Those are great, but I just am not a superhero person at all, so... I was expecting to like this film, but I wasn't really expecting to like love it. But I really, really, really enjoyed it a lot. You kind of have to, you have to, I think maybe you can like, okay, you can kind of go into it thinking of it as like Puss in Boots. You know what I mean? Where it's like the hero in Mm. question is like kind of like a funny figure that's like family friendly rather than like Iron Man, which is like very, you know, tough. I'm going to stop the bad guys. You know, it's more like this is your goofy family-friendly, fun kind of hero that's, like, you know. And, I mean, I bring in the puss... I also bring up the Puss in Boots comparison because, you know, a lot of people like the the Puss in Boots, too, because of the animation stuff. And this is a movie where they really just go all out. I feel like they really push the limits of trying to make the animation in this movie as epic as possible. They really did. It was super cool. It just felt like a room of, like queer art students made this movie yeah and and i mean that in a good way not in a pejorative way of course yeah yeah like they literally have like in the background in one scene there's a a trans flag or something like that or so like there's like it says like protect 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 trans kids yeah exactly so they slipped that into there um and yeah it definitely gives off i mean you know it takes place in in like brooklyn a lot of it um Mm -hmm. so like it seems like a pretty accurate 
depiction of Brooklyn in terms of like the diversity, the music and everything like that. You know, I feel like a lot of conservatives might think this movie is woke because it has like a lot of diversity in it. But I think the reality is it's it's just like a, a, a very accurate depiction of like of like like a city, like a, a, a diversity that actually exists. Um, and it, it's it's not like a movie that's intentionally trying to be, you know, more representative and diverse. It just I mean, it, it seems like a movie that is like just accomplishing like diversity that 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 does genuinely exist. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Yeah. And we got to talk about we got to talk about the punk Spider-Man, which is giving Kaya lots of content. Yes, there is a punk Spider-Man. So, yeah. So the one thing that's kind of cool about the whole Spider-Verse concept is like you can think of it as like a, you know, there's infinite amount of universes out there. Very Rick and Morty concept. And every universe has their own Spider-Man, basically. So it, it gives the the creators of the movie like a ton of leeway with being able to put together whatever they want. And there is a punk Spider-Man named Hobie. And... Yeah, I mean that's his whole thing. He like talks about revolution. He talks about like going against the system, and and actually, it seems that Hobie is actually a character that does exist within like the Marvel comics already. So it's like a little bit of mm-hmm. like you know, it's it's not like a it's not like the movie is like going super crazy, detached from like the OG you know Marvel comics Spider Man stuff. But yes, it was very epic. There was also. Um, there was like there's like, there was there was like a dinosaur Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Man um, from India. There was a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There was like the sexy Spider-Man. One. Which one was that, Sophie? The like guy, the like one that everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's so hot." You think Sophie, you just you think he's sexy? I didn't say that. I'm just I didn't just say I did that's not- like how they that I'm not saying. Ima- imagine just, if there was just like a random like woman Spider Man, and I was like, oh yeah, oh, there was this sexy Spider Man, Spider Woman. Oh my god, that's not what I meant. I just meant because everyone calls him that on Twitter, so that's how I I don't know his name. What's his name? I'm so I don't I don't know his name. <laughs> that's he, why he says that. He's like he's like Latino. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I'm, I'm just sorry. kidding. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Yes, the sexy Spider Man. Um, yeah, we're we're not gonna spoil it, but there's all sorts. Of, I what else? Oh, there was. There's just a variety of Spider Man in this. There's like a, there's there a, are various Spider. There are various Spider Man, and one of them is a punk Spider Man. Uh, one of the main characters is a punk Spider Man. To be clear. Yeah, yeah. So that was very epic. The music was the music. Honestly, to me, you know what it felt like. It feels like, like I follow a bunch of random like obscure SoundCloud like hyper pop artists that make like really weird like dance music that like gets like 300 streams on soundcloud and is like some like digicore obscure genre it literally feels like some of the songs on this movie felt like they were just like scavenging soundcloud for like random poorly they mixed probably songs. were honestly yeah they probably were that seems on brand for the film in multiple yeah. ways so yeah they probably did do that. Were there any gay Spider-Men in this movie? 
There, there were, there were only implied. Implied. Gay okay. Yeah. Fair. Aka, this quote unquote sexy Spider Man was gay code coded to me. How was he gay coded? Because he's like the type of guy that like gay people on Twitter are like, he's so hot. Okay. Make, like, yeah. Fan art of. To be entirely fair, so everyone understands that Sophie is not speaking out of her ass during the movie. <gasps> No, I just I'm just defa- yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. I, look, no, Sophie's never speaking. So Sophie never speaks out of her ass. But I want to just I want to just double down here. During the movie, Sophie's like literally said to me, "All the gays on Twitter are going to be going crazy for that guy." And I didn't know yeah, because he's super muscular. Like super muscular, his dark hair and he's kind of like brooding and like like aloof or, or like kind of like aggressive Oh my angry. god, Sophie's taking notes of this guy. Well, that's just the kind of thing that happens, you know, like, like I, I've just been on Twitter. I've been on gay Twitter for like ever. Yeah. So see, Sophie knows a lot about this stuff that I don't, because when she said that I didn't fully grasp yeah. it. And then afterwards, like literally like the next day you go on Twitter and exactly and what Sophie like predicted. It was, yeah, exactly. So, so that was, that was, uh, that was a big thing that happened. So that happened. Yeah. Prepare to see a lot of that on your timeline if you follow the right people. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it's very, yeah, it's a very artsy in a tasteful, good way. Great animation, great music. Very, very funny. Like, it's like literally I don't want to stop watching the screen because there's, they're always, they're always cracking jokes. They're always like pulling out some weird little creative animation quirk. You know, it's like the the animation styles like varied Mm -hmm. like from moment to moment. It wasn't like one. It is. It's colors are constantly changing styles. Yeah. I mean, it gets into the multiverse thing too because like there's Spider-Mans from different like comics or whatever. So they're all like kind of drawn in different styles and and, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's really cool and creative. I definitely recommend it for people like, me who don't care for this sort of thing because it's yeah. it's really good yeah i mean i'm just thinking like you know the ge- the generation of kids because like sophie and i went most of the kids in the theater were like you know young like 12 15 and we, 10. i mean we went in brook we went in brooklyn which was really cute because you know it's a movie like ultimately for kids and they're like kids from brooklyn so it's probably really cool for them definitely definitely yeah i mean that must have been really cool um there was like you know there was like we we saw the movie in williamsburg and they were they explicitly said we're in williamsburg like they said we're in williamsburg so we were like not only in brooklyn we were in the neighborhood of brooklyn where they were like hanging out so that was very cool and yeah it it never felt like forced it never felt like oh it's doing all this animation stuff as a gimmick no like sophie said there's an infinite amount of universes so you have these different universes of course each universe is going to have a different animation style cuz you know you can't your brain can't even comprehend how different universes are that the whole damn animation from universe to universe changes so very nerdy but very cool mhm mhm uh what it was epic indeed yeah i think sophie and i both agree though and this is mildly a spoiler but it's like kind of the one thing i think both her and i agree we didn't love about the movie was the i guess you could say like the the plot kind of had like a lot of loose ends at the end of the movie yeah i mean because they're it's supposed to be a trilogy so don't go into it like looking for a very satisfying like definitive ending because it's just like 
up at an episode essentially in like a series if that makes sense you know what i mean like yeah but I th- it ends with a cliffhanger and then remember there's the kids are like you can't end like yeah yeah it's super cute yeah at the end you can't end a movie like that and then everyone in the movie theater laughed because the kid said that and it was really funny that was not in the movie that was like a real kid who said that in the theater so very cute yeah yeah no i think th- i think though sophie like you know the first spider, the first multi, the first Spider Verse movie, though, because it was probably still like an open question if there w- were going to be sequels. It did kind of feel like you know it kind of did mostly tie up the whole plot at the end, so you didn't necessarily need to make sequels. Well, this one is very much like a hardcore cliffhanger. You like you, they just keep kind of you know they kind of just keep opening up more and more plots, like you know to 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 kind of clean up in the in the third one. So, you know, I'm totally cool with some cliffhangers, but I, I don't know, like, I feel like if you want to, like, judge a movie as, like, a cohesive thing, you know, like, I don't know, I feel like, the, like, the, like, the original S- Star Wars trilogy, you know, like, I feel like, yes, there were some loose ends at the end of, like, the first and second one that would be finished by the third one, but I still feel like you could kind of digest, like, for example, the second one and have, like, a happy, you know, kind of a... I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just, they could have just, they could have closed a little bit more than they did. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I guess as someone who's not super familiar with all of this stuff, I didn't even see the first one. I, that didn't really occur to me too much. Yeah. I say there's, makes sense. I'm, I, you know, I definitely follow a, a, a lot of like nerds on Twitter who are like 16 and love Spider-Man and stuff and like there's some hot debates going on right now about which is better the first Spider-Verse movie or the second Spider-Verse movie and the consensus seems to be the second one had like better animation and like the action was mm-hmm. epic and stuff but lots of people are saying the first because the first had a plot that like kind of was more contained a little bit better and like wrapped itself up better so if that, that makes, makes sense. sense yeah yeah, it makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah, that was kind of lost on me. So I, I I enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. Good. So, don't you feel yeah. like don't, don't you feel like the kids who are like 12 years old who are watching this He's super stuff, cute. They're super cute. But don't you think they're going to grow up and be like super like artsy and like smart and stuff like that? It feels like a very intelligent film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that kind of as like, wow, this is like the animation that they're growing up with. Yeah. versus like we had we had like shrek yeah which is awesome in its own right but the animation is just so um primitive in comparison so yeah. it's interesting to think about yeah it's like it's like it's like very artsy advanced intellectual kind of like content for like th- that kids are just kind of like taking in as their like go-to media you know what i mean it's like imagine if we lived in a world where instead of like you know, I don't know, uh, like the weekend playing on the radio. Imagine if like kids grew up in the world where like slint and like shoegaze played on the radio. You know what I mean? Like their whole, like their whole, that's the, that's literally the punk revolution. That's what the punk revolution is. And that's that's what I'm trying to say is like, this movie is like, wow, we're actually getting like really high quality art as like mainstream, like stuff that like, an entire generation of generation alpha whatever the kids are called nowadays are consuming as like that's going to be their new standard their new threshold they're going to be the they're going to be the alphas they are going to be the alphas so anything else you want to say about the movie 
I don't think so. What about you? No, I do. I do. And I know this is news that's like breaking right now. Like, I want to just kind of briefly talk about it, though, because we still have a few minutes in the episode. And I just kind of want to get your thoughts on it. So this mm. this freaking terrifying, horrible, scary news headline about oh, the... Oh, I forgot about this. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, I, we, I, I didn't really want to talk about it this episode because it's still developing and we don't know anything about it. But we're just let's just talk about the headlines because that's all we know right now. Vehicle, a vessel... So there's a, a missing sub, like basically a missing submarine. Okay, there's like this Titanic, like some rich people. Oh, the Titanic thing. Yeah, was that? Oh, I really wanted to talk about this actually. Okay, this all right, let's talk about it. I didn't realize. Okay, well, we can talk about it briefly. Yeah. I didn't really look into it that much. I just saw the headlines. I'm like, oh my That's god. That's exactly what I'm saying. Is like. Well, I was thinking because I was like, that could literally be me if I had the money. I would definitely do that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. I'm kind of scared of stuff like that, so maybe I wouldn't. But I was like, damn. I was uh, my my first thoughts were like, wow. Wait, wait, so like, we gotta tell we gotta tell the the people what happened. We didn't tell. Oh, okay. You 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 right. take the. Lead, All right, so, really so, so, so rich people can take these this submarine on like a tour of the 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 Titanic shipwreck like deep underwater in the Atlantic Ocean, and there was five people in this submarine and this submersible whatever you want to call it the, the news article says sub- submersible, the submersible is missing, um and mm. and uh, you know I don't know how else to put this but. Um, you know, if there's this, if you're if you're in a submarine and the submarine got, goes missing, you know, Mm-mm-mm. I don't I don't think that's like you you're casually like hidden behind a tree and someone's gonna find you and everything's gonna be okay. I think uh, you know I think these these five people in this submarine are probably no longer with us. Um, that is really sad and scary. Well, it, uh, I'm terrifying. Re- yeah, I guess it's possible they're at the bottom of the ocean. And they could still be alive, but like, holy shit, how scary would that be? I don't know. It's crazy. It's like a Titanic tragedy part two, you know? Yes. Yes. You know, and this is one of those things where like, it's an intrusive thought, you know? Where like, oh my God. Totally, totally. Like, oh, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. I was going to say something. It's like, oh, I'm going to go pay for this amazing experience to go see the Titanic Oh, what if the what if the submarine collapses and I die? Oh, that that's never gonna happen. The odds of that happening are one in a billion, and it's a very scary thought. But I'm not gonna let that scary possibility stop me from having this incredible experience seeing the Titanic. And somehow it actually happens. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I was also thinking that because I mean I don't know when I, when I was like a tween and like obsessed with Titanic. I would like they were to always be in the news like oh they're building a Titanic 2 replica that you can actually go on and I'm like that would do the route and I'm like wow that would be awesome I would love to do that someday if it ever like comes to fruition I think it actually exists now I think um like that's something I would love to do but in the back of my mind I'm like there's just it's gonna sink it's gonna sink it's gonna sink yeah you know what I mean like don't get on that don't get on the ship don't get on the ship but yeah, this is, so I mean, this, the beginning of the movie Titanic begins, like, in a submarine. Yeah, going under yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that's probably, yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's, uh, not, not a good headline for people with anxiety. And to be entirely honest, 
this is a, a really f- most of us are never gonna do anything like this though you know what i mean well i was gonna say this is a very inconsequential story in the grand scheme of things but it's just such a right s- but it's still sad and scary it's just so scary that we have to talk about it and sophie loves the titanic so of course if it's titanic we're related we gotta talk about it too that is very true you know me well kyle <laughs> so okay more updates to come probably i'm sure i'll be obsessed with this story so. okay yeah. Um, there's really only two possible like updates. <laughs> one is, or I guess three. Mm-hmm. One one is they find it and everyone dead. The second is they find it and they survived. Or the third is they just don't find it. So, God, if they didn't find it, that would be scary, horrifying. That's such a scary thought. What is, what is going on? And it's just and speaking of conspiracy theories, it's just gonna breed a bunch of conspiracy theories too. You you just know, so. Yeah. Maybe um maybe the maybe Jack is still alive and took took the submersive was this art this article is saying it's a submersible not a not a submarine get it right there's it's a what is what is that is that the what they use in the movie Titanic because it doesn't look like a submarine it looks like some weird thingy yeah so it's uh, let me see there's actually literally on the New York Times there's a what? There's like even a section here that's like, what's the difference between a submersible and a submarine? Uh. Mm. They they got their think they got their think pieces going. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Just kidding. I see. The Titan, the vessel that went missing in the uh, today, is cl- as classified as a submersible, not a submarine, because it does not function as an uh, an autonomous craft. Instead, relying on a support platform to deploy deploy and return. Okay, so. I don't know. That sounds scary. Anyways, all right. Hmm. So, with that, with that note, with that good news, with that great, awesome news. Thanks, thanks, y'all, for listening to the this episode. Um, soon we're gonna record a new Patreon exclusive episode. So we're gonna be, be sure to subscribe. Should we give a little teaser? Yeah, we're or? gonna be talking about the Hunger Games, reviewing the Hunger Game movies. We're gonna explain the Hunger Games lore. Kyle had never seen it. I'm going to get into all of it. I know my followers love the Hunger Games and they love when I post about it. They're always like, more Hunger Games. So we're going to give the people what they want. We're going to get into the Epic Games. We're going to give them to the so, want what they want behind a paywall. So ship up that $5. Yeah. Support the $5. base. Keep the base news network alive. Keep independent media alive. Keep keep the lights on at base news media. Chip on the $5 for, for supporting our free podcast and get access to the bonus episodes. All right. Well, All right, bye. thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Base in the rec, bye.